Hi, this is Vinny DeRosa, and you're listening to me, Cousin Vinny, on the CousinVinnyNetwork.com. I'm going to be sharing with you a few topics that I know a lot about, and some, eh, not so much. Sometimes we will have guests that will make you say and think, I didn't know that. I have traveled to all 67 counties of Florida since 1968 and have lived up and down the West Coast, seen and done a lot the last 50 years you would not even possibly believe. I won't sugarcoat my comments. I've been told that I'm not very politically correct, so get over it. Drop me a line on our Facebook page at CousinVinnyNetwork.com, or if you'd like to be a guest, give me a call at 888-738-7381. That's 888-738-7381. And please share our podcast for anybody else that you know out there that loves podcasts. Please take some time to visit our sponsors at CousinVinnyNetwork.com. Without them, this network would not be possible on the Cousin Vinny Network. Hey, this is Cousin Vinny here on the Cousin Vinny Network. Um, we're going to be introducing today a new uh, video podcast that we'll be doing Fridays at 2 p.m. And it's called, what did I end up calling it? Oh, Real Estate Fiduciary Fridays. Um, I know it's an oddball name. Uh, it's an oddball subject. It doesn't pertain to a lot of people, but it has to do with real estate. So I'm going to do a little introduction here before we start doing our weekly um, programming. Kind of give you a baseline of who I am, where I came from, how I got here, and to give you some insight as to some of the topics that we're going to be covering. And I'm, I'm going to do this also on our podcast on the Cousin Vinny Network under the uh, Real Estate Fiduciary Friday banner. I know it's not an exciting topic. Uh, right now, no one's watching, and that's okay. You know, I, I understand that uh, people have other things that are more important than listening to somebody blabber on, on screen. And I will apologize right now if you see uh, in my glasses, my screen, I don't have glasses that are glare-proof. So another thing on my list of things to do is to get glasses that don't glare back into the camera. Anyway, let me start from the very beginning. Again, my name is Cousin Vinny, but that's not really my name. Most of you may know me as Vinny DeRosa. And I want to give you the, the, the building blocks to where I'm going to take this program over the weeks to come. My family moved to Florida in 1968. My dad bought a bunch of land here, started developing it. And that's how I kind of weaned my way into doing real estate. Um, didn't do well in school. You know, a lot of us don't. College was not my forte. So in 1973, prior to that, period, I was going at the community college, took a real estate pre-licensed course for the sales associate. I passed it and ended up getting my sales associate license in 1973 and ended up hanging my license with a local real estate broker here in town who taught me a lot about real estate and county politics and all of the, the bits and pieces that go together with it. And back then, real estate was performed differently than it is today. Uh, we didn't have major MLS systems. We didn't have multi-office is around the area. So there were a lot of things that were done differently at the time. Over the years, working for this broker, learned a lot about real estate, got an opportunity to do a lot of different things and decided that at some point, you know, I need to get my own broker's license so I can control my own destiny. So it was in 1980, I ended up passing finally for the final time, my real estate broker's 
license exam, and also got my real estate instructor's license exam. License, I'm sorry. So since 1980, I have been a practicing real estate broker and a real estate instructor. I've had schools up and down the coast of Florida from basically Gainesville to to Crystal River to Newport Ritchie to Pinellas County. So I've, I've had and into Sarasota County at some point. So I do have a depth of knowledge of real estate in many parts of the state of Florida. I have a depth of knowledge in real estate education. And why I'm saying this is as we get further into the programming and you see what's coming on online, you'll understand why. And I, I started out as a traditional real estate company, you know, where you listed homes and you sold homes. You listed homes, you sold homes. I bought one of those franchises with a gold jacket. It was a freaking disaster. I, I didn't like the way I was having to represent people. And the laws were different back then. Back then, everyone represented the seller in real estate. And this is this thing with fiduciary, which I'm going to explain at the very end, how come fiduciary is very important to me as an individual and my profession. So we listed homes for sale, and we had a fiduciary duty to represent the seller if we listed that home. Here's the the crux of it. The way the system was designed years ago, if another agency came in and wanted to sell that listing that you had in inventory, they became your sub-agent, which meant they were your agent also, and you were responsible for any vicarious liabilities. Now, think about it. I listed your home for sale. I know everything about you. Somebody else comes in from another office and says, we'd like to sell that. Okay, here's the information about the seller. And I'm telling you all the things that are confidential because of our fiduciary with the seller, because that's the way the law was written. So I'm conveying you things, private information. You go back to the buyer and you spilled the beans. You start telling them everything that we talked about. So I'm thinking, I just told you everything about the seller that you were supposed to keep in confidence and you spewed it to the buyer. And that really rubbed me wrong. Again, it came from my real estate education background, being an instructor teaching the courses and looking at parts of the law saying, wait a minute, we have a problem here. This is not right. So I ended up having battles with the, uh, the franchise, the gold jacket franchise, and they didn't like my practices. So basically, in 1983, I got out of Gainesville, came back to Christopher for a brief time, and wanted to go elsewhere. So I headed south into Pinellas County and uh, opened up a real estate school first in, in Tarpon Springs, got that going, started generating some cash, and then uh, opened up in Pinellas County an exclusive buyer's agency. What the hell is that? Back then, you didn't do anything exclusively. Everyone worked within the confines of the, the, the realtor system. I said, no, I don't want to worry about listing homes for sale. My thought process was the buyer has the cash and is not being represented because that's the way the laws were written at the time. So I chose to divorce myself from the other side of the transaction and become an agency that only represented the buyer in a fiduciary relationship. And I'll get into the definition of that at the end. So what I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks is kind of open the door to consumers. This isn't for real estate people. They, they could care less about what I'm going to talk about, except when I get into the sticky wickets about the law that they don't want to talk about sometimes. And my basis is coming from being an instructor and have taught Chapter 475, which is the real estate license law, and Chapter 455, which are the way the procedures are, and 61J2, which are the rules governing real estate agents. So I speak from a point of knowledge and expertise and just have practiced it for the last 47 years. Now, when I decided to do this office 
in, in Pinellas as a buyer's agent. I decided to focus on a buyer agency. So we only represented the buyer. We also focused on another ingredient, which was corporate relocation. We didn't do the traditional uh, dog and pony show. We, we, we saw a market out there and we went after it. And granted, we had our ups and downs. Uh, we had some good points. We had some bad points. We had opportunities there where things failed really miserably, but things got better. And I'm just looking at my my notes here, and I just want to make sure I don't miss any of them. I, I you know, I was told by brokers in in the boards of realtors in in Pinellas and Hillsborough County, you cannot survive without the listings. And and my thought was, well, you won't survive if I don't have buyers who come to the closing table and bring cash. So it was tough. Yeah, 1983, 84, 85, going totally against the grain of of the industry, having to deal with brokers who didn't understand that I was you know, no longer a sub-agent of the seller. They were still the agents of the seller because that's the way the system was. They were still under a legal obligation to have a relationship with the seller because that's the way the MLS was written and the way the rules were written. And whenever I would present offers to those agencies, they'd say, well, did you prepare a seller's net sheet? And that was a process that used to do. And they go, well, I don't know anything about the seller. So how can I provide you with information so that you can present it to the seller for them to make a decision? I said, the only thing I'm going to present to you is our offer. It is up to you to go through it, decipher what's important for your client, the seller, not the buyer, and present it to him. And boy, did I catch static. Did I catch hell? I was told I was unethical. Well, there's nothing in the ethics that say that. And, and I got into real, some really big battles with the local realtor associations in Pinellas and Hillsborough. They all came after me at one point in time. And I'm not saying this to, to be boastful. I'm just saying that it's a matter of fact. And the fiduciary part of this whole series that we're going to do came about because I felt that that transaction that we're performing is the largest transaction that someone will probably do in their lifetime. It's not, you know, just go buy a car and, you know, if you don't like it in two years, you take it back. When you bought a home, you've committed to it. You've, you've committed dollars and time and your livelihood to it. So my feeling was that when you bought it, you bought it with confidence, knowing that you bought it for a good price. You felt comfortable with it. I presented you with all the information. You made the informed decision based on what we had at that moment in time, that snapshot. I was watching TV the other day, getting a little off subject a little bit, but someone said that they offered over $200,000 over the list price. And I'm thinking, wow, you're offering more than the house is worth. And I, I, I could never, ever in my entire life ever sit there with a client and suggest to them, hey, you need to pay more than the thing is worth. I, I couldn't do that because whenever I got into a counseling session with a client, and I do have clients, and we're going to talk about that as we go along, my fiduciary to them is to tell them the truth about the situation they're in. If you pay $200,000 for this house over list today, and God forbid something happens tomorrow to you, what's going to happen to your family? You, you lose your job. What if you had bought this prior to the pandemic and all of a sudden you lost your job and you paid 200000 more than the house was worth? Now, granted, the lender's got to make you a loan, but a lot of times people will do is any up the cash or give it the seller back a note or whatever it is to make that happen. And here's what happens. Some of you have watched those TV shows where the agents are on there talking and doing all this and they're sitting around a table chit-chatting. I don't do that. You're an adversary to me. And I, I know I'm going to get hostile comments. I know I'm going to get lambasted. I don't really care because the truth hurts sometimes. And believe me, 
I, I've, I've, I've experienced a lot of hurt and I've put some hurt on some people too. And, and it's never been my intention to hurt anyone. It's just that I am very defensive of my client. And I feel that it's very important that they have adequate and complete representation. And I mean, for both sides, I mean, think about this. When, if you were to get divorced, I've been through one, would you both use the same attorney? No, you have different goals and objectives. So why is it that real estate agents are clept from the law, allowing to work both sides of the transaction? Now, I know this is going to be ooh, eye-opening, but it's not. We've had this discussion at my instructor seminars over the years. Why are we allowed to do the biggest investment in someone's lifetime where one agent is working both sides of the transaction? You have information about both parties. So let me think, would it be advantageous to you to convince someone, not convince someone, but prompt them to offer a little more or to take a little bit less because it's predicated on you getting a commission? And get me wrong, commissions are great. Everyone knows what they are and how they get paid is the squirrely part, which I'm not going to get into today. When we get into each individual section of it, I will. A little more background. There's an organization out there called Reebok, Real Estate Buyers Agent Council. I was a co-founder of it in 1988. My name has been scrubbed from the entire database at the National Association of Realtors. I was part of that impetus of the Reebok organization. Then there was another one called the National Association of Exclusive Buyers Agents, or NABA. We formed that in 1995. It's still in existence today, and it's humming along. So people ask me, so why are you doing this, Vinny? Well, I'm doing this for consumers, both buyers and sellers. Now, get, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to work. Whoops. That's my next guest. He's just paging me, Bill Wendell from Boston. We're putting together a series of events like this every Friday. We're bringing in guest speakers. And one of them could possibly be a good old friend of mine by the name of Ralph Nader. And there's some others. And I'm going to get this after we get done. I wish I could bring him, but I don't want to do that. So, I just want you to know that I'm going to be challenged. I know that. I'm going to have brokers and big mega brokers saying, well, you know, he's just a little one-man shop. Yeah, I am. But I've had other larger operations where I had multiple offices with multiple agents. And, and, and just because it's big doesn't make it better. There are tons of agents around the country like myself that are independent brokers, onesies, twosies, three-people offices, and I'm going to be interviewing some of those from around the country who are fiduciary brokers, either on the selling side, which there aren't many fiduciary brokers who list properties. There are more of us on the buying side that are fiduciary brokers. So what I'm doing is putting together a network, well, there is part of a network out there, of being able to tell consumers, look, if you need guidance or help to buy something, find a fiduciary broker and I'll guide you to them. Yeah, there may be a referral fee, but you know what? I'm not a greedy person. You know, the old referral fee system out there was 25, 30% of whatever I earned. And I think that's that's outrageous. And I'm not going to get into what the fees will be, but it's going to be amenable to both parties, the brokers and the agents and the sellers and the buyers. It's not going to be a greedy trough thing. But those organizations were designed, Reebok and NABA, to educate real estate agents. And when I get into next week's episode, which is going to be Florida, that'll be the first one we kick off, we're going to be talking about how Florida law pertains to real estate fiduciary. How does transaction broker work? How does single agent work? How does no brokerage relationship work? So I've got a broker from Orlando who's a personal friend of mine. I've known her for, God, 30 plus years. And she's a fiduciary buyer agent. So we're going to spend time talking about that. So, so what does this do with 
real estate, what does this have to do? Well, you know, I just said that. I'm going to explore each week fiduciary agents that I've met. And Eve is the first one. My phone was just ringing. That's Bill from up in Boston and, and Tom Wimet, another friend of mine from New York and others from around the country. We're going to have a roundtable discussion each week talking about what's going on in their states as fiduciary buyer agents so that consumers out there become aware of that there is someone there that will be on their side. That's it. It's, it's, it's no great mystery. So my guests are going to come, again, from all across the country. So I say, you know what, where, when, every Friday. Uh, we're, we're scheduling this for 2 p.m. on Fridays, so it'll be Real Estate Fiduciary Fridays at 2 p.m. And each week, we'll have a different guest from a different part of the country. And then what I'm trying to think about doing is the last Friday is bring everybody on screen talking about what's going on around the United States so that you can get a smattering of knowledge of, hey, this is how they do it in Georgia. This is how they do it in, in New Mexico. This is how they do it in Boston, how they do it in Connecticut. And you'll find a common thread between all of us that are true fiduciaries. Our client is the product. We don't sell homes. The house, the home, the condo, the villa is the object or the, the, the catalyst to make the transaction happen. So our fiduciary is to you, the client, not to the property, not to the seller. Uh, you know, and, and people ask me, why are you doing this? And I got a statement I wrote down, because you have been led to believe that agents are working with you is looking out for your best interest. They're not. And I, I know I'm going to get based by the industry, and I can take it. I got my big boy pants on because I can challenge them, and I have no problem challenging them on this. You want to have a debate? Call me. We'll go live. I don't want, I don't want you to, you know, you know, if you want to start sending me nasty texts and emails, go ahead. Ain't going to phase me. You got the guts to come online? Come live. We'll do a live. We'll discuss the issues. I think it's time because of what's happening in our country that people start fessing up. Again, watch those TV shows where they're showing people, oh, here's three choices. Pick one. What? You know, the agents already predetermined kind of what they're going to buy by the inventory that's available in their portfolio. Yeah, sometimes they show other properties. That's fine. But I, I, I just have, I, it just rubs me wrong that it's the largest investment couples, individuals will make in their lifetime. And someone doesn't play with them. It just, it just doesn't seem right. That is the premise of, of the Fiduciary Fridays. It's going to be simple. Uh, we're going to let it free flow. We don't have a time limit. It'll start at two. And we'll have a, a series of, of topics we're going to talk about. And it's going to be specifically when we get to a certain state that agents in that state will talk about their laws. They're pretty much standard around the country as far as agency relationships and who's responsible for what. The mechanical parts are whole different. You know, some places where attorneys write contracts and agents don't. Or some other places, you know, the broker writes the contract and the agent doesn't. So there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about. You know, this whole thing that you see on TV or in the, in the, uh, the ads, team concepts where there's a team this and a team that. I'm going to dispel that one too. And, and they're not going to like it. So again, like what I'm saying, why am I doing this? Part of it's the educational part. Um, I do have a real estate school that gets you licensed. And I've, I've, I've taught thousands of people over the years. And whenever I talk about this in the classroom, people's eyes open and go, wow, I didn't know that. No, I know you didn't know that because people aren't talking about it. And I felt in the last two, three months watching this whole episode with our economy changing, lifestyles changing, uh, people being hurt financially from the coronavirus, businesses closing, there's going to be a lot of shifts. And I think that the, the, the last thing someone needs 
is to feel like they got the short end of the stick on a transaction. So I hope that kind of gives you a little bit of insight as to what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. Like I said, each week we'll bring in different brokers uh, from other parts of the country. We're going to talk about what's going on in those cities. And then at the end of the month, we're just going to have a round table, you know, like uh, sitting around, have a glass of wine, social distancing because we're all out of town. And we're going to talk about what's going on as a general around the country and what we see. And if someone is out there as a consumer who's looking to buy or sell, call me. I have sources of people who are agents who are fiduciaries. Yeah, I get a little referral fee, but it ain't something stupid like some of these guys do. I've got agents that I know personally in the last 40 years that I've personally met face-to-face. I know how they work, and I know their their business practices. We do things differently. Um, Again, I have caught a lot of grief in my life on this, and a lot of people just don't understand why I've chosen this path. Sometimes, I don't think I was, I didn't choose it. It came to me. It was self-evident when I had that franchise that I didn't like being in that situation of having to be two-faced. And teaching this over the years in classes, in the pre-licensed sales, the pre-licensed broker, having brokers, students ask me questions, and I'm thinking, wow, you missed the point. Yes, you want to make a sale. Everyone does. You want to get paid. Yeah. But you also want to come away from a transaction knowing that the party that you represented in that fiduciary capability was served. And you saw in the preview of the show, I put the definition of a fiduciary in there. And it's pretty straightforward. You know, you have that obligation to that client to be truthful and honest. And don't get me wrong. There are a lot of truthful and honest agents out there. It's just that they've been misdirected, misguided, or sometimes overzealous. And again, I know I'm going to catch hell. I really, at this point in my life, don't worry about it. If I can do anything to help someone get through a situation where they feel comfortable with making that decision, pounce it off of me. I will not give you legal advice. I'll give you technical ideas, but it'll be up to you to make that final decision. But I'll put all the pros and cons out and have you think about things that maybe you've never thought about before. Because again, in the end, you're the one that signs on the dotted line not the agent that's sitting there at the closing table. You are the one in the end who has that responsibility that you signed that contract that you were going to fulfill those obligations. And that's all I'm saying. I want to make sure that before you put your name on anything, you're comfortable, you're happy, you're satisfied. We've answered all your questions that we possibly can. And again, with the changes that's been going on in the last five, six months, watching some of the TV shows and the financials and some of the real estate shows and watching agents' actions scare me. Now, offer 200000 over the list price. I, I got to wrap my head about that and I, I don't understand that. Anyway, until next week, uh, next Friday at 2 p.m., we'll have our first guest on. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to do it every Friday. And at the last Friday of the month, we'll have a roundtable. We'll get four or five of us or whoever's been on. We're going to have guests on here too. A former attorney general from the state of New York, good personal friend of mine, Ralph Nader, who's another friend, and others from Consumer Federation and someone who wrote um, a big report on agency back in the 80s, who's another friend of mine that I made acquaintance with over the years. And we're going to have discussions as to where we think the industry is going, how it's changed, and how that in the last 15 years, there have been major shifts that consumers probably don't understand have occurred. This is Cousin Vinny, 
a.k.a. Vinny DeRosa. I'm uh, happy I had an opportunity to sit here and, and talk to you. And if you need to call me, there's my number on the screen, the 888-738-7381, 888-738-7381. And I want to thank you uh, for your time and your patience, and we'll see you next Friday. Thank you for listening to Cousin Vinny Network. Come back to hear more of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and be sure to share our podcast. Hey, drop me a line on our Facebook page at the Cousin Vinny Network, or if you'd like to be a guest, give me a call at 888-738-7381. That's 888-738-7381. And again, please share our podcast. And if you can, take some time to visit our sponsors at CousinVinnyNetwork.com. Without them, this network would not be possible at all.